Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. All right, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, everybody. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. I'm Justin Kinner, and I hope you guys are all doing well. As we head into the weekend, Christmas coming up less than a week away. Can you believe it? Uh, what's also coming up around the corner is the official tip-off to men and women's college basketball Horizon League play as well. And uh, we're wrapping up the non-conference portion of the season, and I've had a blast kind of touching base with various media members throughout the Horizon League that are sitting front row and get a front row seat uh, calling all the action uh, for both men and women's college basketball in the Horizon League. We've had a chance to catch up with John Nolan, who calls the games for the men and women uh, basketball programs for Purdue-Fort Wayne. Nolan, uh, John Nolan does a fantastic job. He's been a regular guest on the program for quite a few years now, a uh, true professional, uh, and does a lot of work with, you know, whether it's G League teams or minor league baseball teams. I mean, he does it all, and uh, the Mastodons are very lucky uh, to have him. New rule. I mean, I think everyone knows who Neil Roll is. I, I really look up to Neil and the work that he does, um, you know, over in, in Michigan, of course, uh, working with the Oakland Golden Grizzlies, the voice, uh, you know, for the men's team over there, but just so much with sports radio and TV and the Pistons. I mean, he has a great background, um, not just covering the league, but just in the sports media landscape nonetheless. Brian, Kulinski, uh, Brian Kuklinski last week, he was our guest uh, to come on to highlight, you know, the, the programs for both men and women's basketball for the Green Bay Phoenix. And, you know, it, what I'm noticing, too, is guys that are do, you know, have double duty, you know, calling the games for the men and the women. And that's what I love uh, is highlighting guys like that, guys, gals like that who, who have a front row seat um, and, and know better than anybody kind of the pulse of what's going on with these programs, you know, deep into the heart of the non-conference portion of the schedule. Actually, we're past that. We're wrapping that up, right? But Brian Kuklinski last week uh, just highlighting some of the big-time non-conference wins that we've seen from Green Bay and, and how that's obviously setting them up for another impressive run in Horizon League play when that tips off a week from this weekend, of course. So a lot of fun guests. We kicked off the podcast uh, season, of course, with Julie Rolash, the commissioner of the conference, and uh, that I always look forward to talking with her, and I know we'll have her on again uh, before the season's end, of course. But uh, Horizon League play about to tip off, and wanted to keep on touching base with some media members around the conference. And uh, a guy that I'm about to bring on now, a uh, guy I really, really have looked up to for years. I live in Dayton, Ohio, and I, and I work with the Wright State Raiders program, of course. I've been calling games for the women since, I believe, 2014. Uh, and I have also been just doing some fill-in work from time to time on the men's side. Um, and the, the radio station I work at, uh, 1410 ESPN Radio, WING here in Dayton, we were able to acquire Wright State basketball rights this season. So I'm really excited to be working uh, you know, this close with the program. But... Um, I, I've been filling in on the men's side for Jim Brown, who is a Wright State Hall of Famer, former Wright State coach, has been around pretty much throughout every chapter of the history of the Wright State program, of course. 
And there is a void right now without hearing his voice calling these games. And I've, of course, have been tasked with the impossible uh, responsibility of trying to, to, you know, sit in for him for the time being. And that's all I'm doing. I'm just sitting in, uh, calling the games alongside Chris Collins for the time being until Jim comes back. But a lot of people have been asking, where's Jim Brown? I thought this was a good week with Horizon League play tipping off a week from this weekend, of course, after the holiday break. I thought now would be a good time um, for Wright State fans to tune into this and, and kind of hear from Coach uh, himself and, and Horizon League fans around the conference um, to hear how Jim's doing as well as obviously get a, to, to check in on the pulse of what's going on with Wright State. They've had a brutal non-conference schedule, right? Uh, I love talking about the art of putting together a non-conference schedule because I, I, I feel like I'd be – uh, you know, I feel like being an athletic director is easy, right? And so you got to pick up the phone and get teams to agree to play you. And then, uh, you know, you got all these other sports you got to watch under the umbrella, right? So I don't envy any of the athletic directors or coaches who have to put these schedules together. But kudos uh, to Coach Nagy and to uh, Bob Grant, the athletic director for Wright State, to have put together one heck of a non-conference schedule this year. Um, but Wright State, they've been tested. They've had to play at Davidson. They had to play at Indiana out of the Big Ten. Uh, they played Colorado State, who's not just one of the top mid-major programs in the country, one of the top programs in the country. Uh, you know, they played Miami of Ohio last night. I mean, they, they played Toledo. They've played some of the best mid-major programs um, that, that are that are out there, and they've been challenged. And their, their record may not be a true reflection of who they are as a team, but they're battle-tested, and uh, that's what we talked about when I had a chance to catch up with uh, former Wright State coach and uh, one half of the voice of the Wright State Raiders uh, on ESPN Plus and on, on, on the radio side, of course, Jim Brown. He's a Wright State Hall of Famer. I could listen to him talk basketball for hours, and uh, you guys are in for a treat. So here we go. Here's my conversation. I got a chance to catch up with the, with the Wright State legend himself, Mr. Jim Brown. Enjoy. All right, now with us here today, uh, Hall of Famer for the Wright State Raiders, a uh, long time, uh, I mean, just been a part of the program. I mean, from the very beginning, whether it's been coaching, whether it's just been, uh, you know, working at the school, whether it's just been in a mentor role and, and now a, a longtime voice to the, the Wright State Raiders on the broadcasting side, uh, one of my favorite people to talk to out there, Jim Brown. Uh, Jim Brown joining us now. Coach Brown, welcome in, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good to be with you. I appreciate your time, and uh, you know, I, I wanted to start off with this because so many people have been asking, "Where's Jim? Where's Jim?" Uh, yeah. I, uh, if you if if you are comfortable with it, if you want to give people an update, kind of on, on where where has Jim been, and, and you know, what what is Jim doing to get back? Well, about a month ago, I guess it was. It was early November. I started experiencing some pretty severe back pain and I went with the team out to Colorado I did those did that game with Colorado State and then we came home I did a home game with Toledo then went over to Indiana and when I got to the game at Indiana coming back that night in the car the pain just got so bad I could hardly make it into the house when I got back wow. and uh, I'd been diagnosed as uh, spinal stenosis my spine because of all the things I've done in my life, I guess it's kind of deteriorated a little bit and it's kind of the vertebrae are pushing up against some nerves. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm going to get an epidural shot. Um, and then I, I'm seeing a, a uh, back surgeon to see what my options might be. So I've, I've tried to stay positive, but it's been a very frustrating experience because when you're active and you want to do things and then all of a sudden, it's very difficult to um, do anything. I, 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 the only time I really have any pain is when I stand or try to walk. When I sit, fortunately, and when I sleep, I'm fine, which is that's a blessing. Yeah. But uh, when I get up to stand or try to walk, it's it's very very painful. I mean, I've never had pain like this 
any time in my life. So hopefully the epidural shot will help with that, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I know that uh, everyone out there just continues to ask and ask, and uh, they, they, they are so excited to get you back whenever that time comes. And I know I'm excited to get you back whenever that uh, that time comes. Well, uh, I appreciate you helping Chris out because uh, that's, that's, to do a game by yourself is very difficult. So I appreciate you taking my place there. Absolutely. And I always tell people I have not replaced Jim. I am simply just, you know, you know uh, Jim, you'll appreciate this. You know, I was a bench player my entire basketball career. So I, I, I've, I've played this role many, many times. I'm good at keeping the seat warm for the starters. So yeah. there you go. Well, you're doing a good job. <laughs> um, but uh, so with that being said, obviously, you know, you've been battling the back issue and you haven't been able to call the games this season like you have for many, many years. But You've been taking the games in. You've been watching from afar. Uh, just your overall takeaway right now, Wright State has a chance to even the record at 500 coming up on Friday, uh, heading into conference play. And I don't know how much you've heard from Coach Nagy throughout this as well. He was kind of expecting a, a better start. Even with the tougher non-con, he was still expecting a, a much better result uh, than what they've gotten to this point. We saw glimpses of that greatness that we expected from this team last night against Miami of Ohio. But just your overall vibe and takeaway of what you've kind of seen and, and, and taken away from this team thus far. Well, you know, I, I I said to many people that even asked in the summer and the fall, you know, how Wright State would be, and, and I said, I think they're going to be good, but I'm really concerned about the toughness of their non-conference schedule because I knew it was going to be really, really difficult to, to go on the road and play that Colorado State team. They had everybody back, and I knew how well-coached that team was, and I knew that was going to be a very, very difficult game to win, and then Toledo has won the Mid-American Conference three years in a row, and you knew they were going to be good. And then you had to go to Indiana. So, you know, as I said to a lot of people, they could very well be a good team and be 0-3. The thing I think that, that – and I know I agree with you. I think Coach Nagy was very optimistic about this season, particularly with Tanner Holden coming back. But I think there's there's several reasons why they've – uh, maybe not reached expectations. They've had difficulty getting scoring from anybody that didn't start. And, and early in the season, uh, Alex Ubricks was struggling. Uh, you know, Wellich had the good game against Indiana, but their bench scoring has really been inconsistent. And I think that's hurt them. Um, I, I was glad to see Alex and Brandon Knoll have good games last night because I think Brandon Knoll is a key. I mean, I really think. You know, if he has, he doesn't have to score 25 points like he did last night, but he's got to be a threat inside. And honestly, Justin, there's been some games where he wasn't a threat inside. And so, um, and I know, I know how uh, Coach Nagy feels about his defense. And, you know, I was watching last night, and uh, my God, we went behind screens and gave up three point shots. And uh, you just can't do that. So, uh, I, you know, I know how hard he works on defense. I, haven't been to a practice in quite a while, but when I was going, they spend a ton of time on defense. And as a coach, when you're coaching that and then you don't get results, it's very, very frustrating. So I, I understand what he's going through. Coach, I know this may sound like a weird question, but this can go back to your, your coaching days and just your knowledge of the game in general. But we hear all the time, you know, they work on defense a lot. They work on defense a lot. If you're not a good shooter and you work on your shooting, you can improve at shooting. I know this may sound like a silly question, but can sometimes can you like sometimes is a team defensively just who they are? I mean, can a team get better defensively? I know that sounds weird, but do you understand where I'm coming from with that? Like sometimes is that just yeah. who this team is? Well, the problem with defense is nobody gets any credit for it. You know, you never read an article 
where it starts <laughs> out where you know somebody stopped dribble drives or we de- defended the ball screen really well and, and so kids kids read that and they hear that they, they you know you you watch ESPN do they ever show defensive stops no they show dunks and they show three point shots and and so um I think coaching has become a lot more difficult because of uh, ESPN and social media and all that, where they show these highlights. And, and so it's difficult to get your kids to buy into that. I, I can, I can know, I can remember when I was involved in recruiting. Um, I always, the thing I recruited was shooters. I wanted shooters. I figured you could teach them how to play defense, uh, but you got to get kids to buy into it. And, and until they buy into it and, and uh, and I don't know. I don't know what what Wright State does uh, to incentivize playing defense. You know, Coach Underhill and I always had some some goals, and, and we had like I think twelve of them. One of them was field goal percentage defense. One was uh, defensive rebounding. One was turnovers, causing turnovers. And, and we tried to you know achieve as many of those goals as we could each individual game. And and we really talked to our team about it, but. As a coach, defense is the toughest thing to convince your kids to play, and and I've heard him say it. And, you know, until they realize that uh, they can only win games with good defense, it's going to be like this. And I'm not sure they've bought into that totally yet. I think some of them have, but you know, having said all that, they've played a really difficult non-conference schedule. And you know, you look at it and you say, well, they haven't played any Power Five teams. They played. Colorado State, but they've played really, really good uh, mid-major teams. I watched Western Kentucky play last night on the road out in California, and my goodness, were they good. And they were good against us. Um, they were a good team. They, the night they played at Wright State, they would have beat a ton of teams. Same, same way with Toledo when they came in and played so well. So I, I think part of it is the teams that they've played and, and the guards at um, – that these other teams have had, but to answer your question, yeah, I mean it's 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 probably one of the toughest things in coaching is to get your kids to buy into, you know, to play in play in defense. And and the the ball screen is a really the ball screen thing has really kind of hurt Wright State uh, on on several <clears throat> several occasions. I heard him talk last night on his pregame show about, you know stopping the dribble drive that they he felt like they were doing that it was the off the ball defense you know where a guy relaxes or but you know you've seen games they've been burned on on over helping and mm-hmm. cross-court passes for a wide open three um so you know there's there's a lot of things that enter into playing defense no question about that on the offensive side, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we watched what Trey Calvin was capable of doing last year. And there was a point that Coach Nagy made, I believe it was on, uh, I think it was either this coach's show or last week's, I can't remember, but he was talking about, and he wasn't throwing shade at Detroit. He just mentioned, you know, Detroit with, you know, they were, uh, you know, a better team last year, but they, you know, they didn't win the league, but they had the team, the league's leading score. Yeah, and, he, yeah. and, he, and he said, he goes, of course, he doesn't mind the scoring ability of, of Trey Calvin, but when he's getting big numbers and the team's not winning, and he's not saying they're not winning because of his big numbers, but you know he'd rather have you know the opposite. He'd rather have a team that wins the league than have the leading score in the league. Trey Calvin fascinates me because I don't you know when he's scoring big numbers, it's because everyone else is flat around him and no one is really knocking down shots, so he picks up that scoring load. But last night he scored the team's first six points and then disappeared for a while. And I don't mean disappeared; he just didn't have to be that score. He got to be a facilitator because Tanner was great, Brandon was great, Hubrick's had a big game. 
I love the game of Trey Calvin. He's such a leader out there, and he takes what the game gives to him, and that's what makes this team go. When he goes, they go. Yeah, no, Trey Calvin is a special type of player because, you know, when it gets to crunch time, you've got to have somebody that can create their own shot. And, and that's, a, that's a skill a lot of kids don't have. You know, they can catch and shoot off the dribble, I mean, off the pass. But when you've got to, you know, kind of initiate a shot, like, you know, like a, at the end of the quarter shot or the end of the half shot or the end of the game shot, you've got to have somebody on your team that, uh, like John Morant last night, I mean, my God, what he did at the end of that game to win that Memphis game, you have to have a player like that. And there's been a lot of seasons where Wright State hasn't had a player like that. And and Trey Calvin is special because he can do that. But to get to your point about any any team is better if they have five or six guys yep. that can score in double figures. If you if you look at box scores, anytime you see a team that has one guy that gets like 30 points and, and the rest of the players are, you know, maybe not even in double figures, that, that's going to be that's going to be hard to win in those situations because you need balanced scoring. The best teams in the country have five, four or five players that are close to double figures. You just look. I mean, you look at Connecticut, look at Kansas, look at Purdue. Um, they all have multiple players that are right there in double figures. And so, you know, Trey Calvin's a great player. And he, he you know, the thing about Trey is he can play both ways. He, you know, he scored, I think, the first seven points of the game last night. And like you said, he kind of, my wife was sitting with me and she says, is Trey in the game? He hasn't played very much. And I looked at my thing and I said, Becky, he's played all but two minutes. I mean, you just, you know, didn't, you know, because he wasn't involved in scoring, he was doing other things. And then he had those two huge plays at the end of the game where, you know, on deflections and, and, and got steals where they kind of broke that game open. And in and, and my view, that's what decided the game because that game was, boy, it was, it could have gone either way. And he made those two back-to-back steals that resulted in layups. Tanner Holden returns uh, to Wright State after, of course, transferring out to go to Ohio State for a year. I remember that day it was announced he was coming back. I was so excited, just like all Wright State fans were, and I know you and Chris and everyone else were as well. That was a big deal getting him back. And uh, we saw, you know, we've seen glimpses throughout the non-con of the Tanner Holden that we saw nightly in his previous run at Wright State. It was a big game from him last night, being so efficient at both ends of the floor. But it's been difficult for him coming back to kind of get reacclimated back into the system, just because the core is the same with him and Trey. Coach Nagy talked about this the other night that hey, there's a you know this whole team has to adapt to the new roles and it's not the exact same role for Tanner as his previous run here what have you seen from your perspective of how Tanner how he's handled his return to right state as he tries to get reacclimated, if you will well when he was here before he was playing with a, a couple of big guys that had some experience he was playing with uh, Grant Basile and uh you know before that loud and love and and those guys were great interior passes. And, and when you passers, and when you come back into a situation like this, I, you know, I can't imagine what Tanner was going through in terms of getting comfortable because he was playing with a lot of players that he really hadn't played with. You know, he hadn't played multiple minutes with. Yeah, he had with, with Trey Calvin, but not with Brandon Knoll, uh, not much with Alex Hubrix. Uh, so, and none of these freshmen. So, I mean, uh, he he and you know let's be honest he he came back and I, I'm sure that he didn't want to you know take over and, and be the key guy he wanted to fit himself in and and I think he's done a really good job I I really do I think you're going to see a lot more games uh, from now on 
uh, from Tanner the way he played last night. I mean, I love Tanner Holden. I think he's a special, special type of player. He moves well without the ball. Uh, He's a mid-range shooter. Uh, He does an awfully lot of things well. He could rebound a little bit better, but uh, I I think he's going to – I think – I think last night was a big night for Tanner Hulton. I really do. I think uh, that will do a lot for you know him fitting in and the confidence and all that. Coach, uh, last thing before we let you go, we appreciate your time today. Uh, the non-con, we've talked about how challenging of a non-conference it has been. And uh, Wright State has a chance to even the record on Friday at 500 heading into league play. They've been tested. I mean, even in, outside of the Colorado State loss, they've been, and I mean, it's been a couple possessions you know, here and there. They, they've been right there. When they get to Horizon League play, not so much about Milwaukee and Green Bay, but just the league as a whole. Have you you watch a lot of college basketball? Have you yeah. seen much of the league? What's your takeaway of the league and how Wright State kind of fits in in the big scheme of things? Well, I think it's going to be about the same as as it's been. You have four or five pretty good teams. You know, the Horizon League's a one bit one bid league, and and if you, you know, there's no way. I mean, you look at Fort Wayne. I looked at it today. Uh, Fort Wayne is like ten and one or eleven and one or whatever, and and they're their net ranking is 80. I mean, you, you know, you, and once you get into the league, that net ranking is going to go down because you're going to play IUPUI twice. You're going to play Detroit twice. So it's a pipe dream to think under in, in the current situation that you're in the Horizon League that you're going to get a an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament. That's just not going to happen. So um, the the tournament at the end of the year is, is the key thing. And it was really interesting. I had an interview with Rick Pitino, the coach of, you know, he was at Louisville, Kentucky, and he was at Iona and he just got the job at St. John's and, and Seth Greenberg interviewed him and he asked him, how much pressure do you feel here at St. John's? And he looked at Chris, he looked at Seth. He says, you're, are you crazy? He says, the pressure is when I was at Iona and to get into the NCAA tournament, we had to win three games on a weekend. That's pressure, and and that's what all mid-major coaches face is that one weekend. So, you know, Wright State, yeah, they'll probably be six and six after Saturday going into the, the league, and and that's all that matters. You know, that's all that matters is the the conference games. You want to make sure you get into the top four, so you get to go to Indianapolis, and then. You don't have to win the league. You just got to be in the top four because that's going to get you to Indianapolis and then who knows. But I I think the league has got four or five really good teams, and they're the same teams, uh, Justin. It's Oakland, uh, Youngstown, Wright State, Cleveland State, Northern Kentucky, and and that's in Fort Wayne. And, uh, you know, Fort Wayne's 11 and 1, but gosh, their non conference schedule was horrible. So who knows? You know, I, I just think Wright State. Uh, if they stay positive, they've got a really good chance to to uh, do some damage in the in the league. All right, well, good stuff again. Uh, Jim Brown, Wright State Hall of Famer, uh, also one half uh, of the broadcast crew for Wright State. Uh, right now, kind of, uh, I'm filling in uh, out of the bullpen for the time being. We're looking forward to when Jim uh, comes back, and I know a lot of Wright State fans are excited to be able to hear uh, this interview uh, with you as well. Jim, thank you for kind of letting everyone in a little bit on what you've been facing and uh, talking a little hoops with us today. Thank you. No problem. Glad to do it.